What's up, guys? I'm Mo. And I'm Joe. And we are... Not doing that. Nope. What? We're done. This week's episode is coming with a trigger warning. Um, just a heads up, we will be talking about mental health and suicide, and Marcus does get into his story and kind of just some real topics. So forewarning, and if that's something that's going to trigger you, probably tune out now. You're listening to Check In With Mojo, a podcast sharing the real life life of Marcus and Jess Oaks with topics on parenting, marriage, infertility, and everything in between. If you want to add a little more fun to your week and listen to lots of laughter and the occasional marriage bickering, we're your people. Tune in now. Good evening or morning, afternoon, whatever. And I thought you were going to for sure start off with an accent. I'm not going to lie. It's like, what's he going What accent is that? I don't know. (laughs) Good try. Well, so uh, we mentioned before that we're going to talk about mental health, so it's going to get dun dun dun. It's going to get real deep and real uh, real. I'm excited because I feel like there's been a whole lot of talk, especially lately, about mental health in women and especially in postpartum, but you just don't hear it in men often. So things are about to get real, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it might not be your typical mojo laugh and giggles and <laughs> jokes. Um, I'm probably going to cry. Uh, I've told this story before to individuals and to family and, um, when I used to write articles online, I used to talk about it every once in a while. Um, but it's something that has shaped my life. I know we, in our, uh, childhood one from last week, we kind of mentioned it. Um, but now we're going to get real deep into it. Do you have anything to say before I dive into my no. story? I don't know. I'm excited to tell it just cause like I said, I feel like there's a whole that lot makes of one of us. Oh my gosh. I just feel like there's a whole lot of talk about Uh, mental health and women like I said and especially lately there's just kind of been this movement and it's been awesome and I love seeing it because that's something that I've struggled with and especially postpartum Um, but I don't know me personally I haven't seen a ton out there for like mental health mental health awareness on men and you know that they even face it so kind of a stigma that goes around with men and mental health, men are supposed to be tough, men are supposed to be strong, and not be emotional, yeah. not cry. Um, Which I see, but I'm also like, they're human, so if I'm it, allowed to be hormonal and, you know, lose my shit well, all the time. So. It's not even just that, it's <laughs> it's brain chemicals and everything like that that's biologically causing men and women and everyone to be that way. Absolutely. So, Um, I guess let's just go right into it. Um, so, oh, okay. So when I was young, I had really, really, really bad acne. Um, like so bad that the only place I didn't have it was around my eyes. One kid, I think he was trying to, I don't really think he was picking on me because he was kind of a, a nice kid to me. 
and he kind of like defended me too. Um, he called me raccoon because like I had That's the circles so around my How eyes. How is that not being mean? I just I don't know. Because <laughs> he, he was a nice kid to me. Like I never had any issues with him. Uh, he was a punk to other people, but he always seemed to kind of defend me. So I think he was just you know trying to make light like of it. His love, his endear. What's the term of endearment sure. for you? <laughs> Uh, but I, I think he was just trying to make light of it because he knows it's an awkward situation. Anyways, I, uh, I went on to a drug called Accutane, which some I'm of sure you you've may all have heard, heard of it. Accutane. Um, it's super dangerous, but it can be helpful. Um, yeah, I will give a, like a spinoff of that because you have a negative effect, but I actually have a friend who was on it and it's been really good for her. So, you know, it's hit or miss. Right. And I, <laughs> you know. It hits everyone differently. I know a kid who, he was a phenomenal athlete. He took Accutane, and then he was a phenomenal athlete after that. Um, but I know others who have taken it, and they lost, like, all their ability to lift and, be, and right. strength and all that. So, so I yeah. used to be crazy good at jumping, like, when I was in... This is why he's so obsessed with, like, track and having Blake jump. Um, <laughs> when I was in ninth grade, I was, like, 5'9". And I could hit the rim below my wrist. For us women that are listening, that's a very high jump, I'm assuming. Yes. <laughs> like, I was five foot nine, so shorter than every single NBA player. Mm-hmm. And if I had bigger hands, I could have dunked it. Okay. There we go. Legit. Humble brag right there, y'all. Humble brag. So, after <laughs> taking Accutane... I lost like six to nine inches on my vertical jump and it took me years to kind of gain it back and I still never quite did. So, Which is so interesting to me though. I'm like, side note, that a drug can do that. Do you get what I'm saying? Well, it like, really, isn't that weird? It, it dries your whole body out. Okay. That's why I have to use chapstick nonstop. Okay. Um, so it dried out my joints and I didn't drink enough water. Um, and so I I lost a lot of ability to jump. I could still jump pretty well after that, but it would have been crazy had I not gone through that. Anyways, that kind of adds to what was going on. But one of the side effects of Accutane is depression and suicidal thoughts. Um, I learned later that I actually have family history of depression, um, which, you know, is no one's fault. It's it's biological it's it's not you don't pass it down it's well i mean you do but it's not your fault like both of us have it's had mental a, health it's like issues. a chemical imbalance like you can't help it i get what you're saying but i know you know i've had family members you know blame themselves and it's it's no one's fault yeah it's just the chemical the reality is it probably came from somebody before that and somebody right, before that exactly. and somebody you know what i'm saying it just goes and goes and goes so that mixed with being on accutane uh i i fell into a really deep depression um which I was, this was age uh started 14 like okay 14. or no yeah about end of my 14th year and then starting into 15th year okay um, so setting a tone yep so, uh, I remember, um, just one day, um, I, I, I kind of had enough and I was just done. Um, and I, I had this decorative knife on my wall. Uh, I had a brother who went to China for a few months to help teach kids English 
and he brought back souvenirs and, and one that he gave me was a, a cool looking knife wasn't sharp at all um but that was my plan um i was gonna use that to just end it all didn't necessarily know how and with a dull knife it probably wouldn't have been super successful um but that was my plan and instead of doing that uh i was raised in a pretty spiritual home and i just i just felt that i needed to get on my knees and pray one more time you're gonna make me cry <laughs> Sorry. and uh and while i was doing that um it was, it was the first time that I really knew that God was real. And it was almost like I could feel him hugging me. And, and I heard someone say to me that I'm not going to leave this earth until I have done something. Now, I've anyone I tell the story to, I tell them I don't know what that something is. I don't know if I've already done it. I don't know when I will have done it. I know that when Isn't that I, the joy of prompting? Right? Though? I know that when I die, I'll probably know what that is. <laughs> um, but that feeling got me to get off of my knees and walk out of my room. Now, uh, I studied psychology, and this is part of the reason I studied psychology, is because I knew I had these issues, um, and I wanted to learn more about it and how I could help myself through it, and anyone who's looking, anyone that you know who might be contemplating suicide, you look for a few things. Now, I don't remember all the signs, um, but a couple of them, you know, they have a reason and they have a plan. And after I learned that, I was like, wow, I had a plan. And that's when it hit me that, man, it was it was real. Like, I really was there and I was ready. Um, now, that doesn't mean that I made it through that. I'm done. I'm, I'm good to go. Um, I, I still, unfortunately, struggle with thoughts of suicide. It's, it's a real thing. Um, and no matter how happy I am, uh, and no matter how good things are going, that thought still creeps into my head. And I still have bouts of depression that just hit me hard. And sometimes it's not even that. I just have this feeling and I can't explain it and I don't understand it. Which I think is so important to realize too. Sorry, I'm going to jump in. Um, I think so many of us are like, you know, from the outside looking in at other people's lives, you know, whether it's a family members or friends or somebody you're looking at on social media or whatever, but it's so hard to know what's actually happening in their life and in their head and what they're truly battling with. So I don't know. I think especially just, you know, seeing him go through mental health and myself, uh, having my little things that I've done or gone through. It's a good reminder that you don't know what anyone is facing. Somebody can look super happy on the outside. You could look at their life and be like, wow, they they really have it all. And it doesn't even matter if they have it all. Like, that doesn't mean that there's not something 
wrong in their mind. Well, Do you get what it, I'm saying? It manifests differently for everyone. Absolutely. Like, I know people who've had depression who have never thought of suicide. Mm-hmm. I know people who don't have depression, but they have really bad anxiety and they've thought of suicide. Hi, that's me. Oh, I... Oh, I'm not like that last part. The anxiety, though, for sure. You know, and often depression and anxiety run hand in hand. Usually they do. Um, uh, anyway, so, uh, you know, I kept going with life, kept struggling with it. I uh, didn't really tell anyone. I told a friend or two. That's about it. Um, but it wasn't really something that people talked about back then. And um, so, you know, I just kept going. And, and then... I went and I served a mission for the LDS church and things were still hard there. Um, I even went to Arizona where I saw sun 95% of the time. And vitamin, vitamin D? Is yeah. that what it is? Well, and people are Not always, always like, you know, <laughs> cloudy days and, you know, don't go to Seattle because it's you never see the sun. Well, Which I, is super accurate for me, but it's not for him. See, and I actually... I am better in cloudy days. Yeah, which, um, which is a real challenge I'm just thinking of because <laughs> I do way better when there's sunshine. Like that's just the vitamin D thing and just being in the sun is is totally true for me. But he does better when it's just rainy and cloudy and that's just his mojo. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, mojo. Oh, my <laughs> But, you know, you get what I'm saying? He obviously likes the sun too but <laughs> right yeah but I don't I don't know it was hard to be in there for two years but you know I made it through and then I went to college and uh that in college that's when it really started hitting me um I I hadn't ever really had a plan since that first time um I just had the feeling but when I was in college I lived about a mile and a half two miles away from campus and I would walk every day and, uh, man, there, there almost wasn't a day that went by that I didn't have the urge to just jump in front of a car or if I was driving on the freeway to just swerve or go into oncoming traffic. I don't know what it was, but it, it was almost a daily thing when I was in college for a while, for at least the first year or so. Um, finally, I just, I just couldn't handle it anymore. Um, and I, and I went and talked to a therapist on campus, uh, for probably about six months. Um, now side note, I, I've got nothing against, um, antidepressants or anti-anxiety medicines. He for sure doesn't. His wife's on it. (laughs) Yeah. But I, I've never been against the idea of doing it. I just haven't taken them. I've done like, uh, natural things like St. John's wort is like a natural remedy and it's very common in anti-depression medicine and whatnot Um, and I've tried some other things and you know mostly I just try and stick with sports and other things that you know cause endorphins and everything Uh, but again I've got nothing against taking them and and, you know if, if that's what you need absolutely do it uh, I struggled with the idea of going into therapy, but uh, I'll tell you what, I, I did it and it was probably the, the smartest thing I did in college. Um, and I can attest to that. If that's something like, uh, you know, you've kind of thought about or like, eh, that's not for me or whatever. Um, that's something I've done on and off basically since I was like 15 years old. Therapy is life game changing. Well, and it... it 
you're not necessarily going to find a, a good therapist right away. I, I no, saw, not at all. I saw one at one point, and I was like, that did not help at all. They didn't uh, empathize with me. They basically just said, okay, yep, you're you're very sad. Yeah. And I was and like, And I think I went Thanks. through three or four therapists until I found one that I, like, clicked with. Well, and I got lucky in college because I think they just divvy it up by last name. I don't really oh, know. Oh, interesting. But, um... I, I just lucked out. I walked into the guy's office and he had like band posters. Because <laughs> like you and I are going to get along. <laughs> well, well, so I kind of compare it to like the music I listened to my time. It was kind of that same type of music, but his time. And so I, I walked in. I was like, okay, this might be okay. And then I sat down and talked with him and it just, you know, he, he just listened and he did it the right way. And it was just great. And, uh, you know, near the end of that six months, it's actually when I met Jessica. And, you know, I, I had uh, someone I knew in high school. Uh, she had said, Marcus, no one's going to want to be with you until you can be happy with yourself. And I didn't want to believe it, but it's funny because right as I started getting better while talking in therapy, that's when I met you. And then that mixed with meeting you just kind of put it all together. Now, again, I still struggle with it often um, it's one of those things that's never going to turn off though because it's just like it's so chemically ingrained in your right head. and it's nothing you're doing no. like i mean when we fight sometimes but are I'm you joking me right now do not put that kind of crap on me uh no but i mean it's it, like she said it's just a chemical thing and it just happens like things just trigger it that i have no control over and which i can attest to too from the you know from a different side obviously but um Seriously, though, like even lately, like the last couple weeks, I've just woken up and my anxiety is through the roof and I just find myself in this kind of like depressive mode, especially in the mornings. But it's nothing I'm doing. Nothing is different. You know what I'm saying? Like my life's still fine. It's just these weird things just get in your head. Well, I also had pretty bad anxiety. I used to have crazy bad anxiety attacks when I was younger. Our poor child between the two of us. But my anxiety attacks were really bad growing up and, you know, I didn't have them for a, a while. And then when I finished with high school, for some reason at the job I had, I was in the back room a lot and I kept having anxiety attacks. Um, but then they didn't happen for a long time. And then all of a sudden I started having them again. Um, <laughs> I feel so bad for Jessica because she tries so hard to help me through them. But there's like almost nothing she can do or anyone could do that can help me through it. Um, I've kind of learned that it's just like, like, I just need to be there and he'll like work. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't walk away, but like, he'll get through it. Right. <laughs> as long as she's sitting next to me, like eventually it just calms down. I don't... And I see, and I'm the opposite. So it's just so interesting for me to see like how different things manifest because I get like, when my anxiety is really bad, I get almost like super impatient and frustrated really easily and just, like, angry. Does that make sense? I He knows what I'm talking about. Like, I just get, like, on edge. Yeah. But. So, it's you know, it's interesting to see you. Like, he shuts down. And then I get, like, ah. Literally, I shut down. Like, <laughs> he does. Like, I won't 100% talk does not talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, and I know that it's just something that I will continue to have. And, you know, uh and deal with and like i've said before everyone shows differently and the best thing that you can do 
with someone who struggles with any mental health situation is just love them. Just be there for them. If you want to ask them what you can do to help, that would be awesome. I would probably wait until they're not in <laughs> one of those right uh, states of mind uh, because, you know, at least with me, I'm very irrational in those moments. Um, but we've talked about when I haven't been in the middle of an anxiety attack and that's when I've said like, Hey, just be there. Just, you know, help me to feel that you're there. Um, and so that's a good thing that you can definitely do is have that conversation with those people, especially if you're around them often, if it's a spouse or, you know, a kid or, and I think it's especially like so important. I know I said at the beginning, but I think it's important for us to realize, especially as women or wives or girlfriends or sisters or whatever, that this literally like this happens in men, you know what I'm saying? So it's not something to just brush off or like, Oh, they're having a bad day or, you know, just be aware of the consistency and what's going on and things like that because it is real and it does happen in men. So going back to last week, uh, I talked about sports and music a lot and she kind of made a joke about it. But I mean, that's that was literally my life because those two it things... It still is his life. Well, yeah. Those two things are probably the two biggest things that got me through the things that I was going through other than, you know, prayer and God and everything. <laughs> But and everything. I mean, exercise gives you endorphins. Endorphins, endorphins make, make you, you happy. Happy, happy, happy people just don't kill their husband. Or their, themselves. Um, but well, that just got deep. Well, that's what I'm talking about. I know. About. I know. So I would spend as much time as I possibly could playing sports. People thought I was crazy that I did three to four sports a year growing up, uh, up until ninth, ninth grade. I did basketball track and baseball all at the same time but that was like your outlet yeah i would go to uh, track practice right after school my mom would pick me up early take me to baseball practice i would eat dinner in the car on the way from baseball practice to basketball practice get home at 9 30. now the other thing is i was i had crazy bad insomnia and i only slept like three or four hours a night i also didn't eat breakfast so not sleeping, not eating oh breakfast, having these issues, and I did all those sports. But I also did uh, choir and orchestra. I did orchestra fifth through ninth grade, and I did choir uh, sixth through twelfth grade. Um, music. I also took piano lessons. I also took guitar lessons. I started writing my own music. It was just my outlet. Which I think is so important to find, especially if that's something you're dealing with, mental health. You know what I'm saying? You've got to find, find outlet. an outlet something and it might take you a while to figure out what it is but like something that you can just go to and that's your thing and it keeps your mind busy and you can do it as often as you want and you know i can always tell when jessica's struggling because she starts cleaning everything i do i'm a that's totally my outlet it's a it's a weird thing i clean i clean i clean but i've heard of people like (laughs) sewing or knitting or exercise yeah exercise i love to like I love to exercise. That's a really good one for me. It's hard when I'm pregnant, obviously. But I've noticed that when I am exercising daily, like, my mental state is night and day different. Well, and so, you know, in college, I wasn't good enough to be a college athlete, but I still tried to do as much physical activity as possible. I would go in spurts of working out, but I would do, like, intramural basketball, intramural football, do things like that, swimming, 
Um, but I really relied on, on my guitar and my songwriting. And it was, I don't remember if I mentioned last week, I think I did, about how I used to write tons and tons of songs and I recorded a bunch of songs. I probably recorded like 15 to 20 songs. Uh, and then when we met and we got married, like I've only written like maybe two songs since we've been married and I like forced them. So like... It's it was... funny because I was making a joke about a, a country singer, and I won't name names, uh, but I was like, I was like, he wrote all his best songs when he like was going through breakups, and now he's married and he has no music. But I, I wrote my best songs when I was depressed. And that's what he goes, that's literally when I wrote my best songs. But, yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, being with Jessica has definitely made me happier in life, and um, having Blake, for sure, and... Uh, I just, I haven't needed that outlet. If I'm having a bad day, I might grab my guitar or, you know, crank I've for sure seen him, music, like, need but... the outlet, but I don't, it's not as, I feel like it's more controlled now. You've figured it, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You've figured out a better control system. You've figured out what kind of works for you in getting through it, and, and you were just in a different stage of life, too. Like, yeah, I have it under control better. I mean, that's why I love coaching. I coach four sports a year. It just keeps me busy, and it lets me be in sports. Makes I'm my not... sanity a little crazy, but you know. <laughs> it's not as, I'm not as active in participating as I once was, but it definitely just helps being around it. But when I struggle, I grab a guitar or sing or, you know, play with Blake or something. So I, I have different outlets now. It wasn't, it's, it used to always be, music and sports and now I have other outlets like Jessica or Blake um and one last thing before we close out that I just thought of um a big reason a big reason that you know things changed when I when I got married and when we had a kid is I had a reason to live now he's gonna make me cry when I was when I was younger, um, one of the things I thought of is, is I have my family, I have my mom, I have my dad, I have my siblings who are great to me, and I I didn't want to leave them behind. When I was in college, my sister became my best friend, and she was one of my reasons to not end my life and I met Jessica and she became my reason to not end my life and then we had Blake and now we're pregnant so I have reasons everyone has a reason to live and so if you're going through that if you know someone going through it every single person has a reason to live and if you can find that or if you can help someone find that they will find a way to just go a little bit further, a little bit longer. Um, and Jessica asked me what my favorite song was the other day. And I said, it's a song called Sunrise by Our Last Night. If you haven't it's heard a good it, song. please look it up. Um, there's a couple lines in there that are just awesome. Uh, the music video is more about bullying and the song might be so too, but the words that, you know, it has definitely related to my story and it talks about, um, you know, when you're in a really dark place, uh, and you feel like 
you can't make it. Then the core says, you can make it to the sunrise. And it's awesome and super powerful. Um, and then another line says, I won't go to my grave until a difference is made. And that hit me really hard because that's what I heard when I was praying the first time that I was considering it, is that I'm not going to die until I do something. Um, so please check out that song. Um, it's awesome. We'll put it in the description in, on Instagram as well. Um, but find your reason to live. Help others find their reason to live. And, and don't be afraid to ask for help. Absolutely. That I mean, that's why I really talked about therapy and medicine like it just it really does help um and don't be afraid to step in either you know what i'm saying like if you feel like you need to step in or somebody's not getting the help they need or whatever like obviously there are boundaries but there's also not at the same time there's sometimes when people can't do it for themselves and they need somebody to be their advocate well and there used to be a really big stigma about mental health in general but it's it's becoming more open and more mm -hmm. accepting to talk about it it's a real thing it's a real issue and please talk to people about it and help others talk to it. People used to always say, oh, just be happy and you'll be fine. Well, that's not a real thing. That's not a choice for some people. That's like people saying, like, quit trying to get pregnant. Right. Oh, oh is that is that how you do it? That's all you have to that's do. That's all you have to do. Oh, I should have just decided it, to dude. be happy a dude. We could have saved $20,000. <laughs> but just, just be there. Just love people and help them. And if you're going through that, please talk to someone find your outlets that is the biggest thing i can say and if you're struggling with suicide find your reason to live mm -hmm. because if you can find that you can keep taking a couple extra steps you can keep making it to the sunrise and the next day um one last quick story she's looking at me like wrap this up <laughs> not trying to be mean <laughs> it just we always aim for 30 minutes so that's why um so I had, there's an older gentleman that I knew growing up and, and he, he told a story about getting stuck in a snowstorm and he didn't know how far away his car was. And, uh, he, when he was, every single time he was about to give up, he said, I can take one more step for, and he would say his kid's name. I can take one more step and say another kid's name. I can take one more step for this person. I can take one more step for this. If you're in a situation like this and you're ready to give up, just take one more step. Take one more step for your wife, for your husband, for your kids, for your parents, for anyone. And you'll be able to eventually make it through it. And again, please talk to someone. And if you want to talk to us, please send us messages and you know comment. We'd be, we'd be more than happy to talk you through things much as we can obviously right but <laughs> um, sometimes but yeah. just having someone to, to talk share. to mm -hmm. absolutely sorry thank you for listening to me and dealing <laughs> no with my cries oh my gosh but, but yeah that's i i think that's so important just to raise a, awareness especially for men i know i keep saying it but i'm serious um yeah anyways did you have anything else all right thanks for tuning in guys make sure you tune in next week